people to trickle in here cool cool we're yeah we're sharing the space around you should be up here soon too dope 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 sounds good gentlemen hello so have you guys got to mess with the pool a bit yet i haven't yet uh i still need to to get to that i'm always supposed to fair enough what's the balance at right now like percentage wise uh last i checked it was a out like twenty five seventy five, which was the deposit limit. Okay, but with the liquidity council prop going through, super, yeah, crunching the numbers um, using the token, which is what we're doing for the paper. Um, realistically, it should. I mean, for that pool, which it's about the same APR sticking right now, even though we have lower inflation than that. Um, yeah, it should stay pretty much between thirty three percent. Xarch and ninety one point something percent Xarch, like that at those different rates, it would make sense to one not keep buying, and on the other hand, not keep selling directly arbitrage. All right, yeah, that's good to know. Uh, definitely keep an eye on it as well, and probably test it out later today. What's up, Gelato? Shout out to the Key and Peel NFTs. Gonna have to pick some up. I love anything sports betting. Oh yeah, I saw the. I recognized the names. I forgot. I was trying to figure out where they're from, but Key and Peele, Ingo McCringleberry. Those are so good. I want their stats in them and the metadata from Ohio State Penitentiary. Dan Smith, BYU. Ethan, what's up, you homie? I know. Beautiful day in the neighborhood. Can't complain. Can't complain. Yo, Liquid Finance, loving the logo, by the way. Yeah, we. Uh, Took a couple iterations for sure. Can't remember. I think we started off with that. It was like a U with a raindrop in the middle. Uh, definitely had to change that. U stands for unstake, and we don't want that. So we good to get started? Brandy still around? Oh, I don't have my soundboard here. I would normally play cricket noises. <laughs> Max, you about you able to hop up? Oh, what's up, Max? Hey, what's up? I had to hop on my phone so I could actually uh, participate. Thanks for having up, fam. How you been? Pretty good. Been been busy, but uh, but made sure to to make some time for this space. I had to hear more about these time flux pools because uh, pretty interesting concept. So even though I've been working closely with you guys, I sometimes don't get all the the nitty gritty. So excited to hear some more about it. Thank you, sir. We've been yeah, we've been rushing on a on a paper, and we had like a, a pretty solid framework done. We we're like, oh, we need to have all this documentation out, and then we we're like, you know what? Like everyone's pursuing concentrated liquidity right now. We need to just take the time and do it properly. Like like we're really proud of our white paper. We want the same quality for for this paper because we do think it'll 
get a decent number of citations in the future as people do pursue concentrated liquidity. Because I mean, Uniswap v3, people are losing money left and right, like because they they fundamentally didn't understand how concentrated liquidity worked and what the risks are. And we understand, itemize, quantify those risks, and then compensate to make up for it. Um, but also have all the proper safeguards in place. So it's a it's it's going to be really cool, guys. <laughs> it's going to be really cool, and like nothing better to how it works like as safely as possible than making the best general purpose liquid staking derivative we've ever seen function perfectly through it. So so to do things with liquid finance. TJ, for those who aren't familiar, can you give us a little intro into liquid finance and kind of what you guys offer? Sure. Yeah, I can get us started here. Um, so liquid finance is a um, liquid staking protocol built natively on the Archway blockchain. So um, opposed to building like an app chain or um, having multiple deployments across uh, many Cosmos chains, we decided to uh, deploy uh, our liquid staking protocol specifically on top of Archway um, for a various um, number of different reasons that we can get into if people are curious. But um, at the end of the day, liquid staking is essentially just allowing users to stake their, their native token. So in this case, the Arch token and uh, provide security to the network and receive staking rewards for doing so while simultaneously having uh, a representative token in this case as arch to um utilize throughout the the broader ecosystem so um typical use case for a liquid staking token is specifically within DeFi. so a lot of the times um, other than just trading in a dex like astrovolt um once there's deep enough liquidity, this um, liquid staking token is largely used for leverage. So as collateral in a uh, like a CDP, like collateral backed stablecoin, or just using it in a lending and borrowing protocol to, um, you know, realize some of the yield. And then, you know, there's various use cases that span, expand about, uh, expand outside of that. But um, at its core, that's kind of uh, what we're specifically focused on is liquid staking and um, helping grow the the Archway ecosystem by unlocking some liquidity there. Dude, absolutely! Can you can you walk us through what the leverage looks like? Because I, I honestly, it's really cool that it can be done and it can be done safely and fully collateralized uh, just with solutions like this. But just for people who have maybe heard that but never actually used the lending protocol or used liquid staking tokens. Yeah. So. Um, it's pretty interesting because uh, the liquid staking token can basically be used as any form of collateral, similar to like how Arch would be used as collateral in um, any of these DeFi protocols. And then if you go out to like the Ethereum ecosystem and Arbitrum, and uh, right now there's like a narrative of LS DeFi, so liquid staking, uh, derivative finance, basically, and they kind of are focused, I'd say, like on repurposing the yields of these liquid staking tokens into kind of different products. But yeah, at its core, in terms of um, taking leverage with the liquid staking token, uh, I think the best example is just uh, let's go with like a lending market where if you deposit your uh, SRH token, um, which is an auto compounding liquid staking derivative, so staking rewards are claimed and then essentially um re restaked back within the protocol which makes your your um representative token worth more arch 
as time goes on. So um, you can deposit your liquid staking token and uh, use that as collateral and essentially borrow against it. Uh, so you could borrow a stable coin against the value of your liquid staking token. And I think I would say Alchemix is kind of the first team to really uh, rebrand this type of leverage. So Alchemix is a protocol that was built on Ethereum. Uh, it was kind of a big deal in 2021. And they were specifically kind of talking about a self-repaying loan using um, tokens that are yield-bearing. So I think they might have allowed for some of like the urine finance tokens, but I think liquid staking tokens are a good example as, as well, where eventually the, the thesis is that um, if like Arch token uh, price were to be static, eventually your loan would pay off itself because it's a reward-bearing token. Um, so you would borrow, say, like 100 uh, USDC against your SRH, and then um, over a certain period of time, your loan would be uh, uh, paid off by your, your increasing collateral. So I think Alchemix actually was just repurposing the yield and paying off the loan. Um, but in this case, in like a lending and borrowing market, your your loan would just become healthier um, in like DeFi terms or your collateral be worth more so you could borrow more or, uh, you know, take on other leverage. So I'll stop there because there's, there's a ton of expansion on that specifically with like LS DeFi. But at its core, I think, um, yeah, just being able to use the value of the current assets you own to borrow more. Um, and um, yeah, quickly, just because it came to my mind, another really good example of this is just leverage staking. So this is probably the most popular um, thing with like yield optimizers or um, yeah, specifically protocols that are focused on uh, yeah optimizing yield where you would deposit your liquid staking token, you would borrow um, USDC, use the USDC to buy more of the liquid staking token and continue to do that until you know you're uh, at like 80% loan to value ratio. And basically what this allows uh, is that as long as your staking rate is uh, larger than the borrow rate on the protocol, you can um, essentially increase the, the yield you're getting from staking. So that's pretty popular. Um, and yeah, there's plenty of other use cases as well. Hell yeah, dude. Love it. Um, Ethan, we'll do a little bit of an overview of what Asphalt is before we dive into how we can like work together. Cool. Yep. So Astrobalt is a liquid staking based exchange, the first of its kind. And uh, basically we're, we're very different from your traditional AMM model in the sense that we are running infrastructure for all of the assets and layer ones that we support. So um, normally it's just an AMM is normally just smart contracts up in the cloud. We are smart contracts plus a whole bunch of infrastructure um, wired into those smart contracts at a very, a very base level. Um, and the purpose of that is to allow our DAO to earn revenue from these various layer one ecosystems. So everybody's familiar with inflation. They're familiar with uh, validators getting rewards and uh, validating transactions. We do that at the exchange level. And uh, that grows our liquidity over time automatically from the layer one inflation. Um, so that enables us to do some really cool things with pools, um, like what we've done here with the uh, time flux pools, as well as our one-to-one -one pools. We have uh, our one-to-one liquid -one staking derivative pools, our plasma pools that 
um, liquidate one to one without slippage. Um, and that applies to uh, stable coins and has some other interesting applications as well. Um, but this is this is our new type of pool, which is a new hybrid type of pool. Um, and I'll let Eric go a little bit more into that. Yeah. So basically at its surface, like, yeah, Astro Vault is trying to lead a narrative that applications should be able to earn revenue, direct earn yield directly from the liquidity that they're able to host. To, to try to find more sustainable application modeling. Uh, one of the questions we could ask a lot is like, yeah, there is this LSE by narrative. Like, why would people use your derivative outside of AstroVault? And the answer is they wouldn't. Our, like, our derivative makes AstroVault work very well, makes AstroVault profitable, makes the AXV token valuable, and helps us do a lot of things to actually bring sustainable sustainability into DeFi. But there is a lot of DeFi that's going to take place outside of AstroVault that we want to be able to service as clients. And that's going to need different forms of derivatives, like such as general, general purpose derivatives like uh, Liquid Finance is offering. So if you want to go do this, like um, this uh, leverage staking or a lot of other things or do collateralized debt positions, it makes way more sense to use something like SArch, where that, that's its purpose. Whereas XArch is just for routing trades through a, a liquidity host. Um, but in order to make that work, when we need a, a solid general purpose, a liquid staking token, which I'm not a fan of very many, um, Liquid Finance has done a great job. So I'd love to dive more into what they're doing differently from the likes of the liquid staking tokens you guys are familiar with, how they're able to get by without a governance token, what that means, and uh, really how the value is uh, returned to the users and why they could do this sustainably. Yeah. TJ? Yeah, apologies. Was on mute. Um, yeah, so I think... In general, um, like I said, at its core, we our architecture is pretty similar to a lot of liquid staking protocols where um, a user will deposit their ARCH tokens and will mint uh, the representative token SARCH in return. And then um, as staking rewards are accrued within the, the protocol, um, they'll be claimed and then restaked. And essentially, the, this... Um, this yield is represented in an exchange rate of the token. So um, in over a certain period of time, the, the SRH token will be worth more ARCH tokens. Um, there's no like speculative price behind uh, SRH going up or down. It's just a representative of how much uh, you can redeem that SRH token for. So um, I think a lot of things that we were thinking about when we were building this protocol is one, yeah, how could we differentiate ourselves, but two, how could we kind of go the same path as what Astrovault is thinking is how could we make a protocol sustainable and um, make it valuable to users without needing them to speculate on either uh, having some type of ownership of the protocol or um, speculate in terms of uh, how, how are we uh, making money to continue to grow our stake pool? So uh, when I think about this, I think about two things. So the first thing is that uh, we take, similar to most uh, liquid staking protocols, we take a 10% commission on the um, staking rewards that are generated. So users don't learn, lose any of their principal, uh, but they essentially have 10% taken off of all the staking rewards that are generated by the protocol. And uh, in typical liquid staking protocols, the majority of this commission is going towards a treasury that um, 
is governed by like a governance token and requires like a lot of bureaucracy to see where we are passing incentives. Um, do we want to turn on like a fee switch to, to give it back to holders? Um, there's like a, I would say probably like Lido's treasury is massive, but they probably haven't done as much as they could have uh, because there's so many uh, people with opinions on how to properly use these uh, these rewards. So in return, uh, we decided since we don't have a governance token that we could immediately use these incentives to help continue to bootstrap the protocol. So the majority of uh, the commission is going towards our instant on staking queue right now to uh, incentivize liquidity for those that want to exit their SR's position. But at the same time, since we're flexible with these rewards, we can easily repurpose or send this yield to someone like Astro Vault to add additional uh, rewards for being an LP within an SR pool, or we can pass it to you know a lending and borrowing protocol to make your um, your borrowing position cost less to you or stuff like that. So um, basically, in general, our our idea is that if we're re- repurposing this protocol or this commission back into the ecosystem, uh, one it's uh, more valuable to users to be uh, doing stuff with SRG, so increasing the utility of SRG. But two, we're kind of growing the pie within the ecosystem itself. So um, as the Archway ecosystem grows, uh, it's very likely that the utility or the available utility for our SRG token grows as well. So um, we're very symbiotic with the ecosystem where uh, we want to be giving out as many incentives as possible in a sustainable fashion. So along with the commission rate, it's also uh, the Archway value capture engine rewards are basically all given back uh, and distributed back to users within the ecosystem. So uh, I would say that's uh, probably the biggest way that we differ from others. And then just being completely focused on Archway itself, we can, um, you know, remain flexible in terms of how we build the protocol. We can cater to, specific users or changes within the archery ecosystem as well as we can collaborate more deeply with uh teams like Vault. so um yeah i don't know any other questions there eric <laughs> no dude yeah that's absolutely fantastic and additionally like you guys get the revenue from the contracts usage where like if we use srh for payments um or for transfers for anything like literally just sending your buddy 10 srh is the gas uh, rebates and everything that like is native to archway will go to you guys to, to help with your team's sustainability through it so i love it I, i've been kind of publicly skeptical of a lot of liquid staking um tokens especially ones that have governance tokens like what do they control is there like some kind of future mexican scanning off of like you better make our token so valuable or we're gonna lock up these tokens type thing um but this where you have clear monetization um you have clear um like paths towards sustainability and like growth metrics um and you don't add any of the shenaniganery that is like gameable and detracts from the from the utility of it. Uh, it just it makes too much sense, man. Um, but as you were talking about with like you not really focus on like the change of price of it because it's directly redeemable for a certain ratio of of the actual arch token. Like yes, over time, like archway has stake in rewards. You take it, you restake it, and so the value of s arch increases compared to arch. So we know what the fundamental underlying price is if you're willing to wait 21 days, 21 to 24 days for an unblock. But like 
unfortunately, like with these liquid safe tokens, the actual price of it fluctuates greatly. And that that's led to a lot of real risks in DeFi lately, um, such as like Oracle attacks, like say uh, ST Atom is sold for like, like somebody sells $60,000 worth of ST Atom, but the price of ST Atom is read through ST Atom's oracles instead of Atom's oracles and the ratio breakdown. Um, and and that's that's difficult because it usually is like the freedom of the not having to wait through the unbonding period does have some kind of value. I know the asphalt side, we got into that in the white paper a bit. But um, one thing that's really neat that we've now focused on doing is like, yes, concentrated liquidity can help, but we need arbitrage as that price is definitively going to go up. Well, what we've done now is figured out a way that this works both for predictably priced assets, such as SRCH, but also established priced assets. If, if we're not going to take a significant part of the price discovery, where we can actually function the pool as though they're constant sum market maker pools, which is like curve without the curve. Like curve is basically if, if liquidity was as concentrated as possible, they'd be constant sum market makers. We can't do that. So we're going to just make it like resemble that. And what we're saying is we actually can just do that, where we can fix the price, we can update the price and change the ratio as the ratio of SRH to ARCH changes uh, and grows over time um, without relying on the arbitrage to do that. And in doing so, at having this fixed price, it also saves things like such as Oracle attacks, where you can get consistent price reading data um, and not get liquidated in your position um, with SRH, even if the price of ARCH doesn't itself fail. So um, that this is the new hybrid pool that's live on AstroVault. And our goal is to like make SRH flow seamlessly throughout the ecosystem and any other assets that Liquid Finance chooses to make um, so that it can help the ecosystem grow better and faster. Right now, they've got a queue system. You guys have a queue system set up where you can provide liquidity separately into that and users can redeem at a 1% loss. And what we're saying is we can fix it at that 1%, um, but even give incentives towards buying the token and towards selling the token from the trading incentives to hopefully keep it dynamic and make it actually um, less costly to liquidate the position while being able to flow into whatever assets you guys want. Yeah, I think that's a great point as well because, you know, there's definitely a lot of differences between how the liquid finance queue works as well as your new time flux pools. And I'm super interested um, to see, you know, how this continues to develop because uh, like you said, with your dynamic fee, uh, you are, the, the time flux pool is definitely less likely to be completely drained, I would say. Um, so just like speaking on the incident staking queue, uh, like you said, there's always a 1% premium for uh, instantly unstaking within our protocol, but um, this is based on the availability of liquidity within the queue. So uh, technically, if there's no one providing Arch within our queue, users will not be able to um, instantly unstake. And since this is a static 1% fee, uh, you know, if there's a black swan event or something like that, uh, people are going to be very likely to pay the same price as they would normally. But um, when we talk about like your time flex pools and um, you know, this dynamic fee curve when you start to, uh, you know, lose uh, that SR's liquidity, or I believe it's the other side, the XR's liquidity, um, for people to instantly unstake, you, um, the fee continues to go up gradually until it becomes parabolic, I believe. Uh, so, you know, it becomes increasingly difficult for your pool specifically to be 
um, drained, which is a good thing because, uh, you know, you always want there to be some type of liquidity available uh, in the case of something like we were talking about, like liquidations where uh, like a protocol doesn't want to accrue bad debt and the protocol doesn't really want to wait 21, 24 days to liquidate a collateral position. So um, even being able to, um, you know, get out of that bad debt position and take like a 3%, 4% premium loss is probably better than uh, this uh, time risk exposure to a 24-day, uh, you know, price action variability. So I'm definitely interested to see how it works. I'm definitely interested to read that uh, white paper you guys are are writing so we can get a bit more depth and ingrained. But, um, you know, as, as the expert, I'm curious in general, what you think in terms of what type of events would really get us to this, uh, this dynamic fee curve where it actually is probably not going to be um, make sense for users to get out of their SRH position through the time flux pool. Yeah. Uh, so our formula is a lot more simple for this fee curve than it is for the stable curve. Um, and it also is much more actually expansive where um, you don't hit a 1% trade fee until you're at a, almost 92% on balance, which gives a very, very wide dynamic range of, um, of like feasible trading. So, I mean, if you're like to buy SRCH, you're already getting at a fixed price of 1% underneath the ratio in order like to make it more profitable for the users who mint SRCH instead of buying SRCH, it would need the pool to be 92% in XRCH and only 8% in SRCH making the bulk of the liquidity, like pretty much all of the liquidity in that pool, basically a queue for people who want to liquidate SRCH. And as people do liquidate SRCH while it's in that position, the trade fee is actually going to drastically like be less than the trading in- incentive, meaning that you're while it's still the one percent underneath the price, the same with the queue is, um, you'll also be earning AXB basically for it, and the liquidity providers will be earning AXB. And if you guys choose at Arch as well, then that as well. So, um, it, it yeah, by the from our math early calculations, basically once the pool is. Like if people are selling a lot of SRG, once the it gets down to about 35% left of XRG, at that point, the trade fee will be worth like, um, since, since liquidity premium is pretty low, it's worth going and manually arbitraging and buying SRG and unminting it and then buying SRG and unminting it. Um, but what's also really cool about doing things with protocol earned liquidity, whereas we're earning like the AXV DAO is earning ARCH from the staking rewards from the XRCH side is we have protocol earned liquidity that can auto arbitrage this kind of stuff and, and keep the pool decently balanced. So yes, it's dynamic. It can't be broken. The worst it could be is slowed down for a little while. But even if it is where there's constantly new ARCH coming from, from the mints, from the stake tokens, that is helping to solve this, this discrepancy and this fix. So it should work better like and like really flow really well dynamically to process people buying and to enable lots of long-term liquidity for people who do need to exit without having to pay a three or 4% fee. It shouldn't have to be more than one. Sorry if I get carried on with nerdy numbers sometimes, but uh, we are excited because like what, not only does this work great for Archway right now, but we do want Archway, like both of us, our groups want Archway to be a giant liquidity hub in Cosmos and Web3. And this also works great for Bitcoin and Ethereum and USD and Atom. And so we could do things like trade Bitcoin and Ethereum more efficiently than Coinbase by doing models like this. And concentrated liquidity is, is interesting. It has risks, but something like the SRH pool doesn't because you know that the assets are accruing Arch. 
Like it, it means you have, if you deposit, you have full exposure to the assets in the pool. So if you deposit SArch, when you go to withdraw, it, withdrawals will happen. However, most balances the pool. So you don't get to control that. Like, oh, I deposited SArch, but I withdrew XArch. That's fine. But you're also doing it with no fee, which Curve doesn't do. Uh, so if you want X, if you want SArch again at the end, then when you get the trade, when you get the withdrawal process for free, then you could just trade for SArch with a net trade fee of like hardly anything. Um, same for with deposit withdrawal on the other side, but your exposure is still only to Arch. The tokens are gaining in value and um, it is enabling, yeah, you're earning rewards, you're earning AXV. Yeah, I, I think that's probably the best part of the, this whole thing is um, in, in terms of like, I guess, impermanent loss or uh, just having exposure to a an asset that is not aligned with, uh, I would say like SArch, XArch, Arch token in general. Um, this pool makes a lot of sense when we're talking about, uh, even if you are withdrawing, like you said, uh, an asset that you didn't deposit, uh, it's very easy to get out of that position into the asset that you do want without taking um, like a massive risk or price exposure to the asset, uh, you know, changing based on the underlying. So yeah, I think this is super interesting. Um, and uh, I'm excited to see, you know, how, it works um, in tandem with the queue and see what um, LPs prefer because um, you know they are different in a couple different ways and um, in general it's probably for the best that uh, LPs have like this optionality of choosing you know that you can provide with like um, native arch within the queue uh, you have this static fee and you're it's probably more of a unknown. Uh, or predictable kind of APY or even exposure to kind of what the process is going to happen in terms of you can always withdraw the arch or otherwise you're getting swapped against into S arch. Whereas time flux, I think is very interesting because you have this situation where you can deposit single side on either side of the assets based on, you know, where uh, the pool is standing. And um, at the same time, you're receiving like, uh, the Astro Vault rewards and you have this gravitate for traders and stuff like that so i think it adds like a different element for lps to um consider when they're providing up liquidity so um i think optionality is always preferred for these types of situations absolutely does anyone in the audience have any questions a great time to come up uh, meanwhile um tj uh, could you walk oh, sorry not sure if any of that went through might have been on mute um Okay, cool. No, I didn't get it. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, yeah, while, if anyone has any questions, it'd be great if you guys came up. But uh, in the meantime, TJ, can you walk us through how governance works with that search? Uh, from a network standpoint? Yeah, can, can they vote with Archway or anything? Yeah, so they can't. Um, it's And this is like an interesting thing that has been thought about a lot from our team. So... Uh, when you have SArch exposure, essentially your um, your underlying Arch tokens are delegated to, right now it's just five validators within the ecosystem. So it'd be Lydia Labs, which is our team, uh, Cosmos Station, uh, DSRV, P2P Validator, and Harvest. And I think it's interesting because uh, these validators were chosen like six months ago. And, um, you know, now they're, probably more towards the top in terms of delegation within Archway ecosystem. 
So uh, that's something for our, our team to consider. But right now, uh, based on you know how much TVL is within Liquid Finance, uh, the amount of delegation going to these validators is like very minuscule. So um, these validators were chosen based on just like their reputation within the Cosmos ecosystem. We knew that there'd be very unlikely for them to have any slashing events early on, um, which is technically like SR token holders have exposure to uh, these slashing events since their delegation would be partially slashed. Um, wouldn't make a huge difference, but something that we uh, were conscious about. So uh, right now, that's where the arch within our protocol is delegated to. Um, there are interesting things that other teams are doing, but I think it's really hard without a governance token um, to move around these delegations based on like your SRH holdings. Um, for us to do this right now, one thing that we could do is essentially just allow users to lock their tokens and this becomes like gauge voting. Um, I'm really not a fan of this because the whole purpose of having a liquid staking token is to be able to use it um, within like DeFi and, uh, you know, increase your returns or have liquidity to immediately get out of your staked position. And when you're locking your, your liquid staking token in a gauge, you're essentially um, doing exactly what you'd be doing uh, if you were just natively staking. Uh, so I'm not a huge fan of that. So we're kind of trying to think of different ways in terms of how uh, users within the Archway ecosystem would be able to, um, you know, vote within uh, network proposals. And I think Quicksilver is actually a team that has been looking at this as well, where um, I believe that they're trying to allow for proxy voting of their liquid staking token. Um, so if you're holding the liquid staking token, I believe you could convey um, like your uh, your vote or, like your, or just like where you want to delegate in general. So I'm interested to see how that expands. Uh, but for right now, you know, if our stake is becoming concentrated, we can just add uh, additional uh, validators to our to our delegation. Um, yeah, and I think there's teams like Marinade Finance in Solana that uses a um, they use like an algorithm based on uh, like uptime, productivity, slashing events, amount bonded, those types of kind of core, um, you know things that validators are doing. And based on those types of things, they uh, will delegate the state pool accordingly. So there's a lot of things we can do, but right now we're just trying to remain flexible um, in terms of how we how we allow for delegation. Very cool. Why Foundry is also doing some really cool stuff like provable on chain, where you can basically set things up to like SR shoulders, like every proposal would get minted like a non-transferable token. Or represents governance power, or if you wanted to gamify, you could make it transferable and uh, sell voting power. Oh, yeah. just interesting. <laughs> I do think it's so. Like this is the thing that I would come back to and stuff like that is um, when we're talking about something in that situation where, like, as uh, arch holder would be minted some like represent re representative token for a specific proposal. Um, like how do you how do you account for someone that has deposited their SRH in say Astro Vault, and now technically the like smart contracts of Astro Vault are the 
the custodians of this SRG? Like how, how do you um, uh, specify who has what amount of SRG and then deposit or give those, make those tokens accordingly? Like it becomes very, um, almost a situation where protocols that are, uh, you know, have more deposited SRG become the voters, which honestly becomes a situation where you could probably create bribe markets around them um, for, uh, you know, these protocols to try to get SRG deposits uh, so they can control delegations, say, to like the Asher Vault node or um, some team's node that is building like a lending and borrowing protocol. So I think that part of it's interesting, but it, it does get a bit muddy in the water, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, without a governance token like that, there are cool ways of avoiding that kind of stuff. Uh, one thing that like Y Foundry is doing that's really cool, and we're going to imitate it, but not quite do it the same way on chain, is basically have multiple sources have voting power. So say some people are holding SR, some people have it locked up in a lending protocol, some people have it locked up in this LP position in the time flux pool, and say that time flux pool is like 10% SRG, 90% XRG, then we can basically, like, you can mint this voting token, like voting by proxy or whatever, and the LP tokens would have a 10% weight of how much they get, while the SRG holders directly would get so much. And you can have different, like, different tokens qualify for it based on the holdings. And then we need something like split voting power, um, which I, I know Adam already has, but where a wallet can like say a wallet's representing a DAO and they vote different ways. It doesn't just have to be like, oh, we won this vote 60-40, so the vote is yes. You could actually have the wallet vote 60% yes, 40% no. So like th there are some really cool ways that we can that we can have this participate like fairly unjustly and really just follow the vision that you guys have set forward uh, for general purpose utility for the ecosystem. And, and you guys are actively delivering on every step of the way. I'd, I'd love to help support that. Yeah, no, I think... Um that actually makes a lot of sense in terms of uh, basing this type of stuff on like LP tokens. And yeah, if it's something we can do without having to launch a governance token, as well as without having to force lock uh, someone's SRG, I think, um, you know, this is a net beneficial thing to the protocol. So definitely something that we can, we can explore and, um, you know, probably try to bring it to the finish line in the future. Root, if anybody has raised their hand and tried to come up here, I'm sorry. I don't know if um, the mods are around at all, but we're not hosts, so we can't see it. Sorry. Uh, we're not trying to willfully ignore anybody. You said, Eric, that's why Foundry is the team doing this? Uh, yeah, our team had, the Astro team had a great call with Bray Raspberry of Y Foundry um, last week. I think he's on vacation for a couple of weeks, but yeah, they have it fully built out on chain. Uh, the gas usage is high, which is great for Archway. Let's <laughs> run some Arch gas, but it, it's also provable on chain, whereas most voting systems currently use like things like indexers that absolutely can be manipulated behind the scenes. It does yeah. make it a little bit easier, like and helps the UI a little bit sometimes, but it's also impossible to verify. So it, it's nice to see this kind of like I don't know um, purist uh, thought that actually makes everything work and work properly with with no. Um, yeah, but it can't be queried or talked down against. There's no like, oh, the vote was rigged. They printed ballots, stop the, the count type thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's super interesting because obviously our team wants to decentralize the stake within our protocol. Um, we're trying to be flexible early on, but you know, in the future when we get to a point where 
rather than launching something like a governance token, we were possibly want to just become like an immutable protocol where, um, you know, no one has governance over the smart contracts. And then obviously we would need some way to change delegation within the protocol. Say, for instance, if our team, like a finance for whatever reason, or Lady Labs for whatever reason, had to shut down our node, um, now there's like a fifth of our stake pool that's not being delegated. So um, sometime in the future is definitely something that's needed where, uh, you know, someone like SR holders are able to change delegation within the protocol. So um, yeah, I appreciate the the recommendation and it's definitely something we'll look into a bit more. It's pretty exciting. Woot. Um, could so, th- sorry, just because I hadn't thought of it. So, so this could technically be used then um, to create bribe markets for SR Trout assume since um, say like on a weekly basis, whoever is holding SR would be able to um, convey, uh, you know, some type of protocol or um, location where our incentives go. So, you know, right now, maybe incentives would be directed to either the incentive on staking queue or the Astro Vault, um, you know, time flux pool. And, you know, as we expand as an ecosystem in the future, you know, there's a CDP, there's a lending borrowing market and so on and so forth, where um, through like what Y Foundry is doing, if you're holding um, SRH during, uh, you know, like a weekly snapshot, you're able to uh, essentially vote on uh, where the week's incentives are distributed. I think that'd be pretty cool. And then, you know, on top of that, bribes would be like a finance could bribe for some of that uh, incentives to increase our liquidity. Uh, you know, Astrovault would be able to do the same uh and any other protocol so that was like something i was trying to figure out is how can how can we create like a essentially what volume is for uh, convex and curve but for you know a token that you don't have to lock for four years and um yeah i think that's pretty interesting now so <laughs> ethan write this ethan write this down we're uh we're cur- curb warsing them <laughs> yeah <laughs> No, that's that's absolutely awesome. Yeah, there's a, a ton of cool things we could do uh, around governance and around, especially like this DAOception type thing. Um, that that will be super interesting to see play out and to participate in. Uh, one more thing I wanted to draw some people's attention to is uh, it's passing pretty overwhelmingly right now on chain the Liquidity Council pro, um, prop prop sixteen that I actually put up, and uh, TJ and I are are very active participants in the tokenomics calls on Fridays. So you guys are tomorrow if you're interested on the Archway Discord. But basically, we had been brainstorming and come up with like, there's a liquidity issue right now, especially in the Archway ecosystem. But something like this would be a perfect spot to help liquid finance build out and to have utility and to have um, liquidity available for their token, making it less risky for users. It would help Astro Vault's numbers um, to have more liquidity and to have more volume um, to make this available, where the community pool wouldn't actually have any risk outside of protocol risk. Um, so the liquidity council does look like it's going to pass, which basically will take 5% of the community pool and make it available to be used in applications to grow out the ecosystem. And I know we'll go up pretty shortly and try to get some of the community pool funds in this pool, which would be XArch with SArch. And in doing so, the community pool would actually still be earning more Arch. So the community pool, which usually doesn't earn anything with the arch it has sitting there would actually earn more arch from the staking rewards based on how SRH functions while making both products work a lot better. So this is the kind of thing that we think just just solely helps the ecosystem 
Um, and we're looking forward to more opportunities. So if uh, the rest of you guys are builders in this space as well, and you're like, hey, if we could have some Arch deployed somewhere else that can help us, or maybe some kind of a fee grants as well to make it easier for user activation and onboarding, um, let us know. And we're going to figure out ways to, to get things ramped up because we, we got the launch, got everything smooth, and now it's time to start to start blowing things up. Yeah, obviously, like you said, uh, big supporter of this proposal as well. And I think just to kind of reiterate on some of the benefits, like one, other than just having, um, you know, increased liquidity within our protocols, uh, this extremely important when we're talking about, you know, further expansion of the ecosystem, when we do want to bring in um, leverage type protocols like lending and borrowing, CDPs, and, and those types of protocols, we, we need deep liquidity within AstroVault, um, not only SRH, but, you know, even USDC, Atom, anything that's used as collateral, there needs to be uh, a way for uh, these protocols or users that are performing uh, liquidations, they need to be able to do this profitably. Otherwise, it's just not going to like work. The protocol will not work and uh, probably won't see a lot of usage. Um, when we're talking about, you know, there's other proposals like a marketing that marketing growth DAO uh, and onboarding users, we can use the liquidity council funds to um, increase uh, or put them towards like a fee grant module, like Eric was saying, but also uh, when you're thinking about onboarding into an ecosystem, you want to be able to uh, use it properly. And uh, if you're not uh, able to trade into Arch seamlessly to get gas fees, or if you're not able to use a protocol properly because there's not enough liquidity, uh, probably going to be a bad experience and won't create a sticky user in our trade. And then finally, just from like a, a pure marketing and like speculation standpoint, uh, when people are on something like DeFi Llama or uh, any of these monitoring dashboards, uh, they want to see, uh, you know, protocols with a lot of TVL or uh, chains that are growing and and um, have a higher dollar value in, in continually increasing. And without, you know, this initial bootstrapping of a lot of these protocols, uh, I think it's going to be a lot harder to get there. So. Uh, definitely all for it and um i appreciate you uh putting that together i think it's well written thank you sir and appreciate your feedback um you can learn more about it on the forums at gov.archway.io um check it out vote on it right now you can see it on mint scan prop 16 uh great number for a prop but uh <laughs> also guys thank you so much for showing up and listening pj thanks for hopping on i love everything you guys are doing and please guys go check out and trade on our new time flux pool it is the only, it's called a hybrid pool on the UI, even though it is fully constant some market maker, but just because it's, I don't know, complicated to be like, huh, how will Bitcoin and Ethereum be a stable pool? So we're, we're calling it hybrid, but mess with it. See however much you want to trade. The price impact is zero. And uh, we'll come up with some more documentation on how exactly we can do that. It's going to be pretty fun. Perfect. Yeah. Thanks for... Uh kind of leading the discussion eric and it's great talking to you guys and looking forward to reading that that paper yeah, thanks for joining us all right 
Spaces. 